0: Start this off, one this one off by saying life is a highway, and I want to ride it all night long. Hello, everyone! I didn't realize you were recording. I really didn't realize you were recording yet. Hello, everybody! Welcome to the classroom. How you guys doing?
1: Um, (laughs) hi, everybody. Um, we have a very special guest with us today. Um, It's my roommate, and I hate her. Hello, Rachel. I don't really hate Rachel. That was a joke. How am I supposed to follow an introduction like that? Um, Rachel considers herself a Hunger Games scholar.
2: Yeah.
0: I would say savant is what I (laughs) think.
1: Yeah, it was my
2: uh, favorite book series in middle school. I remember I saw the trailer for the movie. I was like, oh, that looks cool. Went out, bought the first book, read it in a week. Then I read Catching Fire, and then I had to wait for Mockingjay to come out. But I saw the movie's was obsessed, uh, have read the series many a times. And in eighth grade, I went to a dance dressed like Katniss.
1: Which is enough to classify you for this podcast. I believe. I also
2: had, I ran a fan account. Mm. Like a, what was it, Divergence on Fire. It was a fandom account.
1: Oh, that's and so good.
2: I made these little edits, like I would put flower crowns on Jennifer Lawrence and um, definitely called uh, PETA like a small bean or something like that (laughs) fun um
0: yeah Uh, my first read of this was very different I sat down next to a kid named uh Lou and he was like hey you ever read this series and I said no and he gave me the entire plot synopsis of the book up to when he was reading which was like halfway through the games and I said that sounds good so I read the book too and then I watched the movie. it was, I was not super in love with it, but I did like it a lot. Um, I think I liked the second one a lot more, but now I can't remember anything about it. Uh, <laughs> nor can I remember anything about Bucking Jay. Uh, but the this read through so far has been, has been fun. I actually, I, I think the writing stands up pretty well. Yeah,
1: we were talking about this a little bit off mic in the fact that like, obviously, if you guys have listened to the Harry Potter segment we did and then the Percy Jackson episodes we did, Um, a lot of these books do not stand the test of time Mm -mm. but these have for the most like what now we're only covering the first not even half of the first book today but overall i think susan collins writing stands up pretty well like it's not there's no some thin there's no thinly veiled Mm -hmm. (laughs) anti-semitism or awful attempts at symbolism for AIDS like it yeah Susan Collins the bar is so low <laughs> yeah mm-hmm.
0: the, the bar is pretty low um there is no like there's no stereotyping so far that I can see that is not like that is not another character wrongly stereotyping somebody else like there's no like the writer adding a stereotype right
1: right 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 I agree and I think overall Susan Collins is her style also is very nice. Um, she does not use very flowery, like, over-dramatized language. I don't know if that, like, is contributed to the fact of how dry of a narrator Katniss is or if that's just kind of how she's, how Suzanne Collins writes in general. But there is, if it's happening, it is immediately stated. There is no, like, roundabout way to it. Is this made me mad and this is why. But it doesn't sound childish. Mm-hmm. Like, I I don't know. It still has, a, like, a nice, like, it still has a nice, like, cadence and set to it, even though it's very simplistic.
0: It is very, it is, it, it has a sort of characteristic to it that makes it sound nice and pleasant to read without being sort of burdened by all the flowery language, because like you said, that goes along with Katniss's character. It yeah. is very direct and to the point, and any sort of deviation is usually a jab at someone or something often to protect herself.
1: Right. Um, and we'll get into that a lot. We'll talk a lot on Katniss's character. Real quick, we're going to do a, a plot summary in the best of our abilities. Like I said, we are only covering the first 10 chapters this week. We will cover the rest of The Hunger Games book next week. And I think we're pretty much going to do that for every book in this series, just because there is a lot that happens, and it's packed. And I, yet mm-hmm. again, I think that goes right along with the fact that Susan Collins' writing is very just, here's what's happening. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so we start off. With katniss and her little her shack of a home in the middle of a coal field in district twelve, um she's getting ready for her day. She goes out into the woods out to kill some things and hunt. We meet her best friend Gail, who's uh, but um that's
0: <laughs> he's an okay. Du- I would like to point out he is an okay dude. He's just a little bit of a jerk right now. He gets much worse yeah he he on. gets
1: worse. And I'm gonna hold that against him. That's bad. Um, but so then uh, they're hunting. They're getting ready, and Katniss is doing a lot of explaining and world building and setting up the the world that she is in. Goes back home, gets ready for the Reaping, which is the ceremony in which all of the children are chosen to, to go fight in the battle royale um, of various children. Um, Katniss's little sister is picked. Katniss volunteers because she's like, "Hey, please don't, please don't mess with my sister, God." Why? Um, we learn. Then that PETA is selected to be the other tribute. Um, There's like a history there, but they don't acknowledge it. Um, And then end up at the capital. The capital is super ritzy, super rich. Um, There's abundance of everything, um, which is very juxtaposed to Katniss's upbringing.
0: They get to the capital. They're sort of living it up for a little bit, uh, taking in all these sort of the the things that the capital and, like, basically just the upper class have to offer here, actual lavish meals, desserts, um, full-bodied breads and soups, and then they meet with the sort of team that is supposed to, like, beautify them up and get them ready for the big games, uh, and we see that they sort of go through this whole transformation where they are, their personality is taken away and tried to amplify it in some ways and sort of uh, minimize in others. Uh, Katniss and uh, Peeta get this very cool, sort of like flaming outfit with like capes and all that, and start riding down and attracting a whole bunch of attention, getting everybody happy for them and like, oh, we we gotta root them on, and then the sort of process of them all getting sort of the attention for the games uh, begins, and everyone starts like focusing on them from there on out. Yeah,
1: and then they start their training process in which they just they're just learning different Mm -hmm. things. Um, by the end of the, the their like three day training period, they go in front of the like judges, the game makers, um, and by the time they get to Katniss, she's the last one to go. She's mad. She shoots an arrow at them. They reward her. Um,
0: it's a good shot. Right, right, it's right, right. She's the right. Of the <laughs>
1: right, 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 She doesn't in fact murder them. And that's one my, <laughs> this is a little tangent, but that's one of my favorite lines from that section. Is she's literally like, if they were, if I wanted them dead, they would have been dead. And I'm like, <laughs> okay, all right um
0: bold claim probably accurate <laughs>
1: right probably accurate but all right um and then we roll into they're getting ready for the interviews with with um caesar flickerman uh this like i it's stanley tucci <laughs> yeah i just see it as after the movies cast him i was like yep you know what that's that's actually just who it is um they go through their interviews katniss you know does her twirl her dress catches on fire but on purpose um and then pita drops the bombshell that he's that he has a huge crush on her and that he's had a crush on her since they were kids um we are immediately then thrown to katniss shoving him into a vase and being like why would you say that i look weak and they have an argument with haymitch their um mentor who's like "No, no 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 he made you desirable i can get you so much more money and then we uh end our reading uh with katniss going into the arena
0: um, yeah, I think that, <laughs> that, that about sums it up. Uh, right. it, it, we are left, uh, like Haley said, right before the games start. Uh, right. This is also, I think it's worth noting. Uh, this is technically a chapter after Suzanne Collins sec- uh, like segregates it. Um, because the part two is called the games and the chapter right after that title card is like everything right before the games. And it just feels like a better fit. So we've included that in there too.
1: Right, and, and we're going to, like I so said, we'll include the other two sections, or the rest of that section and then the next section in the next episode. Um, but, yeah, okay. So I guess we should just go ahead and start off with what our first theme that we're going to cover today um, is going to be this class divide. And we touched on it very vaguely in the recap, but it is very obvious from the get-go. Um, and it's actually something, a lot of the, like, tactics they use to separate the, separate um because we're going to talk about in in district like how they keep the district kind of pitted against each other how they keep the districts pitted against each other and then how they literally separate the capital from everybody and these are tactics we still kind of see today not as much on the capital scheme but in but in district um it's actually both me, me and Rachel are really big in like Appalachian studies and stuff and it's a tactic you see a lot in actually the coal fields of West Virginia in which you kind of put, you put the, the poor against themselves in different ways. Um, and the idea is that if they're fighting each other, they can't fight you. Um, and I think that's super obvious in, this, um, in the first segment when Katniss is kind of walking us through um, the district itself. We have the merchant class, which is rich, not rich, rich in air quotes. Mm-hmm. Um, they're wealthier, they're well-fed, they don't starve as often. That's rich for <laughs> District 12. <laughs> yeah. Right, right. Um, and then you have the seam, which are the, the coal miners who are, you know, they are living paycheck to paycheck. They are living meal to meal. And when Katniss's dad dies, that's what kind of leaves her family on the edge of the line of dying multiple times. Mm-hmm. And we see that, like, there is the tension set between the merchant class and the miners in this, in, in that, like, regard of, like, you cannot, there is no guarantee that you would ever make enough money as a, like, as a mining family as opposed to a, um, like, a merchant family. And that isn't a, like, a true line to Appalachia now, but I think that, like, inner class squabbling is, I mean, I was talking today in a class about, like, Friends of Coal versus the, like, the Friends of the Mountains movement and how the whole goal of it was the fact to just keep them, keep the citizens arguing amongst themselves so they don't have the energy to address the the bigger issue happening. So, um, yeah. I don't know if you have anything in on that.
0: Uh, yeah, I think that's um, the sort of class divide that is sort of thrown into this is a very big driving force of how the capital both gets power and sort of Suzanne Collins relating this to... Um, like real life in general. I mean, not only because she specifically chose for District of right, be in right, Appalachia. Right. Um,
1: well, and another system too. I completely forgot about was the the tessera or the I don't. That's one of those words that I read it and I've never heard anybody else say it. Yeah. So I do not know how it's pronounced.
0: I, th- I think it's tessera. It's the system that they can put more names of themselves into the like polling for the Hunger Games in in exchange for what is it Like, like year's worth of rations for of like. Bread and oil and water. Right,
1: for every person in their family. Mm-hmm. And it's like, because we have the scene where um, Gail and Katniss are going to give the strawberries to the to the mayor. And Gail makes that comment at, at the mayor's daughter. And is like, how many? Because um, he's just like, oh, how many could you even have in the drawing? Six? I had six when I was 12 years old. Mm-hmm. Get over it. You're not going to the Capitol. And I think it's that that energy is what really reflects that mm-hmm. there. So. Sorry, I interrupted you. No, no, you're good.
0: Um, I was I was gonna bring that up as well. That it's like they are they are literally like designing a system that is trying to get as many of the like in their eyes not as useful people. You will always be able to get someone else who can mine in the things. So if you get the poorer people in, it's not a loss or a detriment to the rest of the community. Um, you also see that with the Hunger Games themselves, it is quite literally hitting all the other districts against each other Mm -hmm. i mean you you can't get more cut and dry than that if if they are i think katniss says it herself uh the entire fight is to remind everyone that they'll never be able to touch the Capitol. they destroyed district 13 i believe also that's why where they mine is called the seam because it's like right next to where district 13 used to be i i'm not sure i'm not
1: okay that's where the geoc like the geography gets spotty and that's something that's always threw me about the geography of Mm the series I'm like how big are the districts because like is it like is there a like separate towns and then all the like all the towns then come together for the reaping or is it like there's just this one town because I think Katniss says there's like 8,000 people in the district so it Mm -hmm. would make sense that there are just like one localized town but then what's the rest I
0: I assumed that everything else was kind of just gone (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> everything was just gone. They actually just there.
1: nuked everything that wasn't a city center.
0: Yeah. Like, I'm I'm not certain, but, uh, I mean, uh, the, like you said, the geography is spotty. But right. I, uh, that's kind of always been my interpretation that if it's not a district, it doesn't exist anymore. It is that's now fair. a a post-apocalyptic wasteland.
1: <laughs> um, But, yeah, you made the point that – and I think uh, between the districts and stuff – and they're physically separated, obviously. Mm-hmm. But they also do not have any district, like, inner, like, intra-district communication. Yeah, um, There is no communication between residents of one district and another. Yeah, It is the only, they only are with themselves. It's isolationism, yeah. basically.
0: The exception is, like, the broadcasts of the games, uh, which is exclusively in the capital, also trying to show off the lavish life that the capital dwellers live, compared to the sort of Squalor that uh, uh, everyone else lives in.
1: Well, and even within the districts there's an economic divide mm-hmm. too. you have the the wealthier districts the um, the ones that produce the career tributes as they call them and in the fact that you know the what is it the military district of district two and then the like jewelry of district one um, they they are wealthier because they are closer connected to the capital. Mm-hmm. Um, that's like the only time you have like the blending of citizens with capital citizens. Um whereas every other district is just poor,, um, they're all just, and it's it reminds me a lot of the um, what's called the the it's like the the um, sacrifice of safety, I think. I'm trying to remember the term. It's really common in like discussing Appalachia in that like this region has frequently been like the safety of its people and the, the well-being of its nature and everything have been sacrificed for cheap energy mm-hmm. to benefit everyone else. And I think that's obvious here. And it's seen not just in District 12, but also in the other districts. I mean, District 11 is also pitted to be very poor um, in the sense that, like, oh, they just make all of this food. And we'll learn a little bit when we um, get, like, a closer, when Katniss gets a closer relationship with Rue, the kind of inner workings of District 11 from a child's perspective. Mm -hmm. And she touches on that. And then, like you said, the Capitol has this very lavish lifestyle everything in excess everything is technically savvy and everything is fast and shiny and bright um and it's physically isolated it is in the rockies um when they are driving into the capital katniss makes the comment of like the tunnel that separates the capital from the outside world Mm -hmm. it is impossible it is and katniss even notes that it is a a military strategy that protected the capital and the the whole uprising of seventy five years ago. The indiscriminate war, if you will. <laughs> um.
0: The conflict that is like, oh, what happened? Conflict. Yeah. Anything else? Nah. Mm, the that's war. why you gotta read the prequel. Mm. Is there actually a prequel? <laughs> there yeah, is. That's what I was telling you. Songbirds oh, yeah. and snakes.
2: Yeah. yeah it it follows like a young, an eighteen year old president Snow it's very, it's it's actually not a bad read it's not who i would have picked for a prequel like i really wanted a prequel about Hamish, but to i'll take what i can get
1: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um and i guess that moves us into our next topic we're kind of flying through them which is completely fine um we have this theme of consequences in this in this segment or this section of the book specifically mm-hmm. um and i guess i'll just start i want to start with the one about of um we see a lot of consequences that follow the death of Katniss's dad. Um, not necessarily. There's a sequence of events that happen, and then the consequences of said events. Yes. Um, specifically, that Katniss's mother just shuts down. Obviously, with the death of her dad, there are no there's no more money coming into the household, and Katniss's mother is expected to go get a job. Except she doesn't. She is mentally tuned out, and they literally are close to starving to death, which is where the entire relationship uh, or the interaction between Katniss and Peeta begins mm-hmm. is that on like death's door, you know, he helps her, but I, I guess, I don't know. I want to just focus on the fact that her mom, her mom's tuning out caused an effect affected like so much. Yeah. Cause Katniss was able to be very like independent and it'll feel, and we'll talk about this a little bit later, her distrust and everything Her like skepticism. Um, but she learned to be more independent and learned to hunt and all of that and that is a direct yeah. consequence of her mom just shutting down as a person. Yeah.
0: And it's like it's it's one of those things that sh- her mother did something that is not great for the time. I I don't think it's is it cl- I'm not sure it's clear how many years exactly she was kind of just in this sort of near vegetative state but like
1: at least a couple months if because I don't know, because I know she mentions that, like, they are – it's over the – because there was the month that the money came from the government to Mm -hmm. help, and then Katniss's mom just didn't get a job. So at least over a month, but there's also a, like, gap of time between when that happened and Katniss's 12th birthday because she couldn't get money from – or, like, get the grain and everything Mm -hmm. for being able to enter her name.
0: I I thought it was longer because it said that she – when, when Katniss got selected and it was, like, saying the goodbyes, it was, like, she recently opened back up the apothecary. Oh, yeah, yeah, So yeah. I thought it was for a decent amount of time. Like, at least...
1: Yeah, that's reasonable. Um, Not, re- okay. <laughs> Not reasonable that it happened, but yeah. reasonable for that, that um, thought.
0: But I, either way, she sort of shut herself down thinking about, like, I need to handle this grief, and I don't think I can do it right now with a job. Uh, but because of that choice... She did not think of the consequences that led to that and thus kind of nearly doomed both of her kids. I mean, Katniss was the only person putting food on the table except for uh, Missy. Is that the name of the goat? Lady. Lady. That's what it was. Well, but
1: even that doesn't happen for a while. Mm -hmm. The the scene that, you know, that Katniss is walking back from the hob, the like trading center with her bag of baby clothes. And she's Mm -hmm. like, if I sit down at this oak tree, I'm just going to die. But honestly, maybe that's the good option. It's like. Okay,
0: <laughs> all right. Yeah, like oh, this is a this is a child talking right now.
1: Um to con- continue our segment of please get this child therapy at some point, <laughs> god why. <laughs> um, and um one point that you wanted to bring up was the consequences around the Avox girl. Oh,
0: yes. Uh so the sort of red-headed Avox girl uh running from like an undisclosed d- location her and her brother. Katniss and Gail, uh saw these people running. And that they were being chased by um, the capital, and did nothing as the the boy got speared through the chest and killed, and the girl was like grabbed and I think flown away in a helicopter. And I I, I think that that's one of those things that like uh, it, it's shown as like oh this is this is like rough, and it not only shows the brutality of the capital, but sort of the both desensitization and the fear surrounding the capital and violence, because. They they did not do anything because they were scared of getting attacked themselves, and also it wasn't the biggest thing for them. It wasn't something that Katniss had thought about until she saw the girl who had become an Avox, which is somebody who uh, is basically a slave with their c- tongue cut out and can't do anything. Which is
1: so morbid. It's like, very that's morbid. Like, okay, granted, this is a series about sh- a series about children killing themselves, like killing each other, mm-hmm. but like.
0: But like the girl was like I think like twelve or thirteen. Right, right, right.
1: Because we're led to think that she's mm-hmm. the same age as of Yeah.
0: Um, uh, but it's it, it's it's scary, and it's I think it shows the consequences of that because she did nothing. Then she later got chosen and met the the girl, the Avox again, and had her sort of like weight on her, and it was it's something that she did not anticipate happening, uh, and it's sort of just led like via chance and just by fate itself uh to that moment.
1: Yeah, and I think this also and this is a conversation we'll have multiple times is probably closer to the first episode we do on Catching Fire of Katniss having just aggressive survivor's guilt mm-hmm. when she realizes realizes where she knows the girl from she freaks out. And she's just overwhelmed with like I could have done something and I didn't and mm-hmm so sad it's heartbreaking it's almost like karma like you gotta you gotta look like (laughs) directly
2: in the face Uh of like like this is this is your come up it's like here is this consequence that you you know Mm -hmm. it's waiting on you hand and foot right now Mm -hmm. literally and yeah consequences (laughs) karma actions have consequences
1: a PSA from Rachel.
2: (laughs) I I don't know if y'all ever played or watched uh, the playthrough of the game Life is Strange but Mm. like the little butterfly that shows up in the corner that's like this action will have consequences. (laughs) Like 12 year old Katniss like in the middle of the woods it's like
0: huh. Katniss will remember that.
2: (laughs) 12 year old Katniss on death's door putting her name into like like the death lottery to get more (laughs) bread. It's like
1: this action is going to have consequences. And I think this is a good point to kind of move over to our characters. Um, our first character we're going to talk about, and we're going to just go in depth and just go ham on mm-hmm. just, it is Katniss, obviously. Yeah. She's our, our narrator. Girl. We, <laughs> a girl boss, if you will. I will say, very.
2: it's not very often that I like the protagonist or like the main character. Um, in fact, I would go as far to say most shows or like books or like media I consume. I just hate the main character. But Katniss was always a character. I was like, no, I really, like, I like you. I'm rooting for you. Um, I want you to do good things. Whereas, you know, in other book series, I'm like, gosh, why are you narrating this? I hate you. Please stop talking.
0: She's she's very relatable and not not in the sense of, like, oh, I've been in this situation. I have I've wanted not- to
1: kill other, uh, I've needed to kill other children to survive. Ah, uh, yes. Um
0: but like she is very, she's very cynical, and um, she has like this sort of like fun, fun humor to her whenever she does break it out, um, and every all these situations she's being put in are extremely foreign. And she and she is sort of reacting the same way we are. Like, oh, this is really horrible, uh, and she's also she's very charming. Like I know that it's like I think Hamish says he has as much charm as a dead slug, but truly in her own way she is like very appealing as a character and it like makes you want to root for her. Well,
1: I mean you hit it on the head in the fact that she's relatable. Like mm-hmm. yes, yeah, we we've never been in this situation before, but her she all of her reactions are very grounded mm-hmm. and they make sense. She's like,
0: very genuine.
1: Right. Like all of the decisions she makes make so much sense in us reading. Like mm-hmm. in like their choices that I probably would have made or like you know in that setting, like the choices that you like you the reader probably would have made too. Mm-hmm. And for what it's worth, I think she's kind of quirky.
2: Um, or like <laughs> like genuine without falling into the I'm not like other girls trope. Mm-hmm. Um, she's definitely not like other girls. She hunts and she gets dirty in the woods. Um, the Debbie Ryan. She's poor. Like <laughs> her dad's dead. She's Ooh, not like quirky. other girls. Her parents are dead. Ooh. <laughs> I forget how many times she says her name is in, like the,
0: the, Book the, of the, the death jar. Oh yeah. The um
2: I, the bowl.
0: I want to say the, the lottery, lottery thing. I don't know why, why forty three sticks out to me, but that's
2: I, Gale's. I thought hers was like thirty six mm. or something. Okay, but yeah, yeah, yeah. But when, one thing that's always really, like, do it made me emotional. Um, the part where she talks about like you know Prim's name is in there once. Mm-hmm. Her sister's name is in there, and there's like a reason, you know, because Katniss is like you're not gonna go into the games like i'll just you know keep mm-hmm. putting my name in the death lottery uh, which reminds i don't know if y'all ever read the short story the lottery that's actually about a death lottery um i don't think so it's it's like the hunger games without the games part they just draw a name <laughs> and then they stone the person oh <laughs> fun fun Um, It's one of those short stories that I read in English class that
1: I think about every now (laughs) and again. It's like it, Monkey's Paw, and like The Most Dangerous Game are all in the same tier of like that was nightmare fuel for like thirteen year old (laughs) paper.
0: I think we read Thomas Swift's A Modest Proposal like every year. Oh God!
2: Um, All this to say, (laughs) I love Katniss as a character, and I genuinely root for her. Um, Mm -hmm. When we talk about the movies. If we talk about the movies, I have so much love for Jennifer Lawrence as Katniss, um, even though she's a little too old, but I don't think anybody wanted to watch 16-year-olds kill actual 16-year-olds. But I think just as a character, like, she is this strong girl boss, but, like, (laughs) (laughs) unironically in the way that, like... You know, little girls can relate not to like the killing other kids part, Mm -hmm. but to like the the allegiance to your family and like this desire to, you know, like while she has this like sense of self-preservation, she's not selfish, you know, like her her sense of self-preservation extends out to like her friends and her family. Like she's going to she's going to do anything to keep herself alive, but like not at the expense of her
1: sister. Right. Right. Well, and I think that that kind of ropes into the couple points I wanted to, like, talk about with, like, about Katniss. Um, specifically, like, her, like, she's naturally very, like, weary of other people. I mean, she says that it takes her a year or two to get, like, to become friends with Gale. But still, even when we meet them and they're good friends, there's not a doubt in my mind that Katniss would, you know, not necessarily, I'm not saying she would murder Gale in the middle of the woods if it came to it. But I'm saying, like, if it was between Gail's survival or her sister's, she wouldn't bat an eye. Like, there's, a, like, like you said, a, the prim is the, like, the line of, like, that's where Katniss's self-preservation ends and where protecting her sister, that is her personality. But even then, I think she understands
2: there's, like, a, like a part of herself that she has to keep alive so that, like, prim is alive. You know, right, it's like right. on an airplane, like, you gotta pull your mask down first before you can start putting it on other people. Right, 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 right.
1: I agree. Yeah, um, I do. I want to talk about kind of the relationship she has with a lot of different characters that go into like she is naturally skeptical of everything she comes in contact with. Like she's that might be another reason she's like a good narrator that we all relate to, is that she is just naturally like I don't trust that. I don't sure why I'm I don't trust it, but I've got a feeling that I don't trust that, and usually it's right. Um, and and she and we see that a lot in her like relationship with Peta in this book there are multiple times that any of his actions that he he does she's like i do not trust him why is he doing that there is an ulterior like an ulterior motive Mm -hmm. to this and even if there's not she's naturally just thinking ahead of this she is playing 4d chess with Mm -hmm. this like with everybody around her
0: i think it goes further than just mistrust or like like distrust but rather she think she knows what's going on in a lot of people's heads. Uh, I think that's also very prevalent in. Uh, dumb word, sorry. Let me restart that. I think that's also very uh, obvious when uh, the Avox girl confronts her after uh, Katniss sort of gets back from the private showing of her skills. Whereas she's like, "I, You, you must hate me, you must hate me. Uh, like, just stop tormenting me. And she's like, No, it's okay. Uh, if, if anything happened, this would have happened to you too. It was fine that you didn't do anything. I don't hold anything against you. Right. Uh, and even then, Katniss didn't do anything. She didn't have, like, a revelation when that happened. She just sort of said, okay, and went to bed. And I'm not sure if that was that she didn't trust her to be telling the truth uh, or if it was just she didn't want to hear that and she wanted to, like, keep her perception in her head. But I think that that moment is sort of a – Push towards Katniss understanding that maybe her the walls that she put up isn't exactly the best thing for. Her. I'm not sure if I'm making sense. No,
1: yet. no, no. I think that I think you're on a point there that we see, especially developed throughout the series of mm-hmm. the, like realizing that the narrative that she has about other people isn't true. I mean, we really get that a little bit in that that first chapter of the second half, that chapter ten there, um, after Peta, you know, says that he's been in love with her she immediately starts questioning him. And he's like, you don't get it, but that's fine. Like, I recognize this, you're the one who's going to go home and I'm okay with that. And she just cannot like, accept that that's just his motive, that that's his thought pattern. Um, and she re- again, kind of just reestablishes that narrative that she has like, no, no, no. This is your way of trying to get under my skin and get to me. Mm-hmm. And I, yeah, I think that's a key part of her characterization, her character as a whole.
2: yeah i mean she's been given no reason to like trust the world or Mm -hmm. to expect good things to happen to her oh
1: god no i
2: mean obviously i have not been in her shoes um really
0: you know oddly
2: (laughs) believe it or not um in west virginia the closest uh we come to like poor people like selling their souls for food is when the military comes into high school and like (laughs) preys on like the poor kids to like no 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 that's true there will i I." when when the military comes and like you want to go to college for free and this kid who like doesn't have parents is like Mm -hmm. yeah i'd like to go to college for free they're like all right national guard six years and you get a
1: lanyard that's like the closest we've come to like like selling your soul for profit well and i think it i mean no you're on a good point there too with the that it is the fact that it is the poor schools that's often hit by Poor dead. people are expendable. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think this book really
2: shows that, that you can put your name in an extra time to the murder lottery, um, and you can get a little bit more food. You won't die. Have fun. And, uh, you know.
0: You won't die for now if you right. have a higher chance of dying later. Right, right, right.
1: It's like, well, we'd like to put a pause on death and maybe, mm. like, make it fun. If like, add can, some cameras.
0: If we can get some gain out of you, we will let you survive for a little bit. If we can get right. some fun showbiz out of you. I
2: think it even shows that, like, the the poorer districts are the physically taxing ones, mm-hmm. you know? Like, once again, these people are expendable. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you're in the coal mines or you're, like, in the fields. Um and I think that really relates back to, like, Appalachia and, like, rural America that, you know, it's it's the rural Americans doing, like, the the labor-intensive blue-collar work. And not to get a little, like, leftist on y'all, but, um, <laughs> <laughs> but then, you know, when, when the National Guard comes in and they're like, hey, um, guaranteed salary, like, you don't need a college education, we'll pay for you to go to college, you get all these great benefits – um, Health all it insurance. takes is, mm. all it takes is six years of service and you probably won't, you know, get called overseas. Um, also pull-up contests. That was another big thing when the National Guard came, we had pull-up contests. But I think, um, the point I was originally trying to make, Katniss has been given no reason to trust the government. She has been given no reason to trust PETA. She has been given no reason to expect good things to happen to her, um, in her mind, it is her versus the world. Um, you know, the universe is just going to keep throwing stuff at her. And she's been given no reason to think that, you know, she deserves good things
0: in life. And I th- I think that's... that's- <laughs>
1: and she's <laughs> proven that she's actually just going to continue to get crap thrown at her. Mm-hmm. She is owed absolutely nothing. <laughs> actually, President Snow looks at her and goes, and then kicks her in the face. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah. I mean, the, the odds are quite literally against her. Her sister's name was in the Reaping one time, and the Grim Reaper still showed up. He's like, no, 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 I want her. I want the I want the little blonde one with the little duck looking dress.
0: That one right there. I want to get that one just death window shopping. Like, yeah, sure, why not?
1: <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> the idea of the of the Grim Reaper just, like, waltzing through, and he's like, hmm. That one, please. <laughs> this little, little what is
2: it? S- sight? sight. Yeah, like, there we go. <laughs> <laughs> With the claw machine.
0: <laughs> oh no! Just scoops her up by the duck tail. Z- <laughs>
1: <laughs> the claw, and then just into the sea of twelve-year-olds
2: and yanks them. <laughs> I know I'm very deep into Hunger Games TikTok, but um, it's like, can you imagine if like like Katniss had been like disassociating like while all that was going on? It's like your sister's on stage. Like, oh. Uh yeah, I guess I'll go. Oh crap. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Wait Sorry, a second. Yeah. Wait a second. Hold up. <laughs> wait what I just volunteer for? Oh no. Oh okay, okay.
0: I was not paying attention. <laughs> this is a bad moment to start thinking about dinner.
1: <laughs> she's like, "Man, I wonder what that weird fish stew is going to taste like." And they're like, "Hey, bro, is that is that your sister?" And she's like, oh, "Crap it is." Oh no. <laughs> I don't Whoopsies know. Pull like the- I know there's always like the fandom jokes about like the Mallark brothers like standing in the back. They're like we don't know who that is. Who? No, not us. Nope. Couldn't. Couldn't be me.
2: <laughs> I remember. So like, I have two younger sisters, and I just remember like watching the movies and looking at my younger sister, who is of like a similar age gap of like, like you know, Katniss and Prim. I just remember looking and be like, no, I wouldn't. I'm <laughs> sorry. I would not. I would not go to death games
1: for you. I think I would.
0: Yeah, I probably do. I I definitely do it for my sister. Y'all are better uh, people than
1: me. No, okay, one sister not the other. Is that I would I would absolutely my older I'll... sister she'll figure it out. I'm the younger for the reason. But my youngest sister, she's stupid. Hardly like trip <laughs> hardly would like trip and fall and then just <laughs> and then yeah. boom.
0: <laughs> I think I have enough dumb luck that I could get through uh, <laughs> and no offense to my sister I have seen her uh trip quite often. Uh I I would rather have her back here. I'm not sure she would make it through. Um <laughs> not that I'm making it through, but I think I athletic. might have a chance.
2: That is true. My sister is way more athletic than me. Um so she would have a better chance. Um but yeah, probably
0: could, could we, like, I we do hope a sponsor
1: her. into sending me an inhaler. <laughs> maybe
0: excuse me um i'm really i i can't use these leaves can i get like some two or three (laughs) just please it's like
2: hey uh capital people so um i need my thyroid medicine (laughs) um i also have to take it an hour before eating so if you could send me like a little bit of something, something
1: like right after I take it, a granola
0: bar is fine. <laughs> so I have not a forty-five minute. Valley, I but... have a
1: forty-five minute hair routine. Can you like send me that? Like I have enough time. I think I'll be able to do it. Like, and like not just... not to
2: impose, but I
1: am like a little sensitive to dairy. So
2: like if, if we could like, <laughs> I could get some cheese. silk down in here. <laughs> <laughs> some oat milk would be actually. Lovely. If you could like
1: find me a goat, I'll even get it myself.
2: Also, SPF, like, please, like, I want to look 20 when I'm 40. So if I can get some sunscreen.
1: <laughs> we went around the block here. <laughs> a couple other characters I want to talk about, one of which is Gail. Uh, mainly talking so crap on Gail. Um, and this isn't even the worst as he gets. And this might be me being a little harsh because he's awful. <laughs> not yet, he's not. I don't know. He has that scene with, with the mayor's daughter whose name I'm just not going to say because I don't know how to pronounce it. Madge. Uh, Yeah, okay. (laughs) But he's just like mean to her. And I guess it's just like the misdirected anger. But he just literally is like, are you stupid? It's fine. I feel like Gale would drink monster energy drinks and crush them to his forehead while making eye contact with you in like the middle of a high school classroom. I don't know that that's a fair
2: assessment. I think he falls into the same... No, I'm not a Gale apologist. I will <laughs> go ahead and put that in there. I'm not going to sit here and defend this man, but I will say I think he falls into the same category of he has no reason yeah. to expect good mm-hmm. things to happen. He is jaded. He has become like his family's breadwinner i mean Mm -hmm. he you know for the past because he's 18 right Mm -hmm. for the past however many years he has had to stand at the reaping and like count how many times his name is in there and you know he just lives in this constant fear of like i think similar to katniss he has that sense of self-preservation that also extends to his family because in his mind if he goes like who's taking care of of his family Mm -hmm. um i will not defend gail's actions from now on however i will say i understand his misdirected anger i mean he is very bitter um and you know for what it's worth all these all these kids are are grieving you know like childhood you know they're grieving like the chance to just like live and you know
1: also the thought of like them having to walk the hallways of that of like their school and being like oh well they died this year
0: that's that's a shame. Dana was really nice. I wish they weren't. I wish they weren't gone. The yearbook and memoriam section.
2: I'm kidding. They don't have yearbooks. Except, they can't afford. Except I'm
1: thinking it's it's the video montage from the beginning of Spider-Man: Far From Home. <laughs> <laughs> where they're doing the tribute to the fallen <laughs> Avengers. and it's just like in art in the arms of an angel is like playing in the background with this very badly edited together but video but it's actually just like rolling text cuz there were too many names for like a like a
2: whole slideshow <gasps> oh my gosh. um
0: and- <laughs> uh, <laughs> lovely children's book yeah um i also think it's i think it's worth noting that i think gale while he is supporting his family uh it gale is a lot more concerned about like self-preservation than anything, he is putting his name in. He is getting the what he needs to for his family, but he is kind of he does not talk about it. And that maybe that's just because Katniss is our main character, so we're not seeing what's going on in, in Gale's head. But it is not something that he is really bringing up that much. It is just sort of he is living his own life and is angry and like you said, jaded about his surroundings. And while Katniss is angry about the uh, the capital and the situation itself, um gale is sort of falling prey to those squabbles that we talked about earlier and he is directing it all to the the upper class in district 12 instead of the capital that is putting them in these situations
1: mm-hmm. that's a good yeah that's a good wrap-in i agree um our other character um well not our other, but one of our other characters is going to be Peta, mm-hmm. the love of my life <laughs> <laughs> he was my facebook profile picture for so long <laughs> I'm going to be honest. Peter Malark started the trend of me as a kid, just falling in love with the miscellaneous blonde, like main male character in almost every series. I'm going to throw J like my like childhood crush on Jason Grace from Percy Jackson falls right in line with this like pipeline of, <laughs> <laughs> of blonde guys that aren't as good as like some of the people may be, but they try. <laughs> um, and I think, the biggest thing with pita's character is he is the times that katniss is like ah, he's he's pulling a fast one he's making he's making a move he's not he's genuinely just doing it out of kindness Mm -hmm. but at the same time he is playing the game he knows how to manipulate just enough to get his way um and the most positive i think that has a very negative connotation to it the way i phrased it but that's the only way i can think to phrase it right now like that because we see him do that to Hamish. The reason he is showing Hamish kindness is because he knows that the kinder he is to Hamish, the more likely he is that Hamish is going to actually benefit him in some way. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I don't know necessarily about his kindness to Katniss. I think we—that's more of a like longing and like the whole the whole crush thing wraps into that. But most of his kindness to Katniss isn't to get anything out of it. Like he's just being right. nice to her.
0: I yeah, I think that it is. I I was not sure when I read this book if the crush was before or after they were picked. I I reading it now I see that it was before the reaping. Uh, for this it started with the bread, but I think that it is. It, it's cool to see that like we see Peta and then we slowly get his backstory and relation to her instead of just being dropped like getting it all dropped on us at once. And I think that it's it's very nice that it was written that way, uh, because we get to see these sort of Slow and subtle change, not only of uh, how we perceive PETA, but how Katniss is perceiving PETA, because as we get more information, her idea of him in her mind sort of shifts and goes, is he being nice? Is he just being conniving? Uh, Was he trying to throw the bread for a purpose? Has it all been a long setup since day one?
1: Right. Like yet again, Katniss is playing 40 chess mm-hmm. on a checkerboard. <laughs> yeah. um, and Pete is just nice. Yeah, Peter like,
0: forgot the rules and is just planning on letting her win. Like he's, he's like, like, wait, I
1: thought we were gonna play go fish. <laughs> but I, that is one thing I do want to note, though, is that rereading this reminded me that Pete is not as helpless as like I often think of him as being. Mm-hmm. Like he has a fair chance. Like he yet he knows how to play the game. He knows exactly what kind of smile to to give to Caesar to like make the conversation go better. He knows how to make people laugh, how to, like, draw the reaction he wants. strong. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, like physically strong. Yes. Right. And I think it's, I think that is often swept under the rug in, like, the perception of these books because you have such a strong female narrator. That, you know, but no, PETA genuinely has, like, he is, like I said, I mean, I personally was like, yeah, PETA's not the, he's not the best. He
0: would not have won the game.
1: He probably had a fair shot. We'll be honest. He would have made it to the top five. I would
0: like to know what he did in that, like, private section, because, like, it was like, oh, I just threw some weights around. They said the average is, like, five. You threw some heavy things around the room and got an eight? Like, an eight is a I just, pretty good number. He's I'm, like, can
2: I get some bags of flour, peas
1: for my next <laughs> trick? I was I'm thinking, thinking of a- he made
0: a cake in the arena.
1: <laughs> I'm thinking of a sack of corn. Like, he's just wrestling the sack of corn <laughs> on the ground. This he's like, I got some wheat.
0: <laughs> I'm going to lift this weed over my head with one hand while whisking at a, at a <laughs> medium speed to ensure that I do not overmix.
2: So do you have like a tire I could flip over maybe? Is there perhaps some ropes that I could toss?
0: I'm creating a camouflage facade and also making a starry night sky on the top of our galaxy uh, our galaxy cake. <laughs> you guys got some extra ganache up there I could use? <laughs> What else can I go? I, I will now. Got some uh, meringue going mm, over here. So the, wait,
2: lucky for you all, I brought my sourdough starter all the <laughs> way
0: from District 12. It's still, I've been I've been feeding it. We got some nice, like, some rich AP flour here that we've been using back. But now we got some whole grain. It's going
2: great. Sorry, like, I got to hey, stop this you now. Wanna, <laughs> you want to see me cut a mockingjay into this loaf of bread? Oh, no, that's a sign of rebellion. Oh, Sorry, oh. my bad.
1: <laughs> Smiley face, it is. Let's go back to those rocks, huh? <laughs> I think that's a good segue. Uh, speaking on your Mockingjay, to go over to Senna, he's our last character. Love Senna. He he is the first person in the Capitol that just genuinely shows Katniss all of the compassion possible. He acknowledges her feelings are valid. That like her her fear is completely reasonable, and he's like. You can trust me. I'm here for you. And he is. He literally does everything in his power to put all of the odds in Katniss's favor where he, he can. He li- quite literally pulls out all the stops because he recognizes,
2: you know, that she is this, like, girl on fire. Um, and that, you know, because I think they they talk about how, like, dist- in District 12, like, people don't volunteer. You know, the the volunteering comes from, like, the, the districts that have, like, these career... Mm-hmm. Um, they're called the careers you know right. um but he like he like sees that tenacity in her and you know pulls out all the stops i think you know they talk about like the on fire like legit on fire mm-hmm. like legitimately they set them on fire because he wants to give her the best possible chance you know he's like i'm not gonna now he's not gonna dress her up in like a coal miners outfit no he's going to make her this like beacon of like Hope and this, like, sparkly thing that the capital can just, like, latch on to. And they do. Mm-hmm. They eat it They uh, love it.
0: I I think that there is something about Cinna that I think that we have not addressed yet, which is that he is – I'm not sure he is a nice person to be nice. I think – and maybe you guys can debate me on this – I think he is a nice person to get the results that he wants. Because there – it is even, I think – katniss mentions it uh while he's preparing the fire that she sees like an almost like s- like sadism in his eyes that he's like ready to do anything to get, not only get results for his thing but to get as much approval from the capital uh as he can any
1: attention on her is attention to him mm-hmm. but and that's i agree like he's definitely got like the this the background knowledge there to be like ah pay attention to, look, look what I did. Look at mm-hmm. this amazing thing. And he will, you know, he'll go down and, like, he'll have the, the na- like, the banner, basically, in, in the stylist world. Because well, if, if she wins, he wins. Mm-hmm. Right, know? exactly. So and I don't think it's out of pocket to say
2: that, like, part of the reason he wants her to do well is because it reflects on him. Mm-hmm. You know, the way she looks, um, you know, and I'm sure it helps that she is just this, like, ball of sunshine (laughs) just so so lovely to work with um but yeah I mean he wants her to do
1: well because then that's gonna reflect on him Mm -hmm. but I don't know that he's doing he's doing it for like career success but he's not doing it to move up like he tells Gatnas that he's like no I wanted this district I chose this one and I think yeah right
2: he's like I'm not it's it's not like uh I guess you know I'm gonna try Mm -hmm. to work with you if I can he's like no like Let's go. Girl I have on this fire. big
1: brain idea to light you on fire, literally.
2: Also, oh, like, Lenny Kravitz.
1: Yeah. I will. <laughs> these movies were cast so well. They were cast Stanley very well. Tucci, like I said, well, Stanley Tucci's number one right there. I, yes. Just like, like,
2: Lenny Kravitz. Like, I, yeah, he bodied he, the role. He too. plays it so well. He looks the part. Um,. I, I could gush about the casting for ages. I won't,
0: but. I'll be honest. Lenny Kravitz. I'll be honest. Movies, Cinna always peeved me uh, the way his beard was shaved. Like, it was just like, that's not a. How much effort goes into, like, shaving that fun little spiral in the. Oh, no, points? no. You're
1: thinking of um the Game Maker. Am I? Yeah, Seneca, Seneca Crane. Crane. He's got the weird mm, beard.
0: You're right. I am mixing those two up. I, I apologize. Cinna
1: yeah, is the what He's. I don't even know how to describe Lenny Kravitz other than just, like, he just,
2: he, like, it's going to sound weird. I don't know. He looks shiny, but not in a greasy way. Well, because he's, like, literally adorned with gold, you know, like Katniss talks about. I think, like, his gold eyeliner, um, he's shiny. Um, And I think the character kind of, like, emits that, like, he's not warm in that he's, like, this, like,
1: friendly, bubbly Mm. person, but he just, like, he radiates, like, we're going to do this, and we're going to do it the right. best way ever. Right, and he's he is, you know,
2: shiny, but he's not, like, flashy mm-hmm. or audacious. It's, like, very tasteful. Um, you he's know, also c- grounded. Yes, to kind of juxtapose, like, um, Effie, who is audacious, over the top, um, literally, like, gold and shiny and sparkly.
0: You know, if we want to... Oh, go ahead.
1: No, go for it.
0: If we... I remember not liking Effie at all. I'm with you. I kind of liked her in this book. I kind of thought she was a little fun. Now, okay, I don't like her as a character, but I like, there's a lot more to like, I think, in the second reread than I think. Because it it, it is shown, especially in the scene where uh, Katniss, like, right after, the the dinner scene after she uh, pulls her stunt uh, by shooting the apple, there is even, like, a sort of, Kunja, she's realizing that the, the the system is kind of not great. She's like, "Well, they should have been paying attention to you. It is their job. I don't know why they're doing that." And then she like realized, "Oh wait, hold on. I shouldn't be saying that." It reminds me
1: when you when you're like in a <laughs> when you're very politically like as a, like in the left, and you're like you hear somebody like, "You know what? Actually, capitalism sucks." And I'm like, "Yeah, there it yeah. is." I feel like you you like
2: Effie as much as you can like someone who is ushering children to their death. Of yeah. course. Like yes. as, as far as like capital citizens go, mm-hmm. she's not the absolute worst, yeah. but she, you know, she's funny and
1: she's quirky, but also she is literally their, their tour guide. To she's the embodiment of the capital in the district 12's eyes.
2: Yes, she is comical in her appearance, you know. Mm-hmm. She's colorful and ridiculous looking and she just has this bubbly personality. I mean, she's talking about the reaping like it's a game show. Like, ooh, who's But to her it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, cuz it's fun.
0: And even even afterwards.
2: <laughs> <laughs> it's fun for her. I she's personally don't think it's dying. fun. Um She has no horse in this race.
0: That yeah. Literally, yeah. That she, uh, she and that changes. Talks about that. I was gonna say she even talks about that. She's like, maybe if you guys win, I'll finally be able to go to a better district where I, people have like higher chances. Like she to their face, it's like you're probably gonna die, but hopefully let's let's hope you don't. So that way I can get I can get a better job. Like directly trashing both them and their district in front of them without thinking about it at all.
1: Mm-hmm. Okay, so I think I think it's time to move to our MVP and LVP. I think
0: so too. So my LVP. Um, I, I know I just talked about him. I'm going to go with heavy trinket. Uh,
1: <laughs> Reasonable.
0: Uh, for all the reasons we just said, ushering children to their deaths. Also, because all almost all of her input that she gives is not useful. The one good thing she does, the one useful thing is, like, teaches Katniss to walk in heels. And even then, it's, like, stilettos. And it's just like, you no, know, you're going to have, like, a slight heel when you go out on the stage. This is not practical information that you were learning from her. <laughs> she is unaware of her surroundings Uh, like you said so much so in a comical way uh and i Mm. think that she's just utterly useless kind of as a person as well
1: yeah do you want to go next sure
2: um i'm gonna go just like least important to the story because they literally did take her out and it didn't change anything the mayor's daughter like i remember like reading it and being like oh wow because like that's how it's how she gets the the pin and it's you know, it's, she's, like, representative of, like, for all intents and purposes, like, middle-ish class, upper-middle class. Um, and then in the movies, she's just not there, and it really doesn't, like, impact the significance. Mm-hmm. I don't right. dislike her. Like, I I wish no ill will upon this girl, but meh.
1: I can do without her. And then I will, <laughs> I will usually keep on par with my LVP. Um, it's going to be Katniss's mom. Yeah, yeah, sure, she's the reason she's Katniss sad. is, like, does good thi-
0: Yeah, I get that, but your kids are dying. Oh, she's sad. I'm going to be so sad I don't feed my children for uh, either six— Two to five o- business years. I was going to say, <laughs> six months to four years.
1: Right, so yeah, my LVP, Katniss's mom.
0: That is There's entirely no
1: support bad. groups in District 12. For like it, She's grieving. Yeah, I get that, but I don't know. At some point, your kids have to be— a little more important than that. Like, mm-hmm. in, they, they were I'm not a Katniss mom apologist. I'm just arguing <laughs> for argument's sake. You have this.
0: <laughs> and you're a devil's advocate, huh?
1: It's the same energy as, like, Snape apologists. I'm going to be I, honest No, with you. don't even.
2: <laughs> MVP. I will go back in time and hop on a Harry Potter episode just to, just to fight Snape. <laughs> not Alan Rickman, though.
0: Um, MVP's, MVP is a little bit harder because I'm trying to think of...
1: Not Katniss. <laughs> well,
0: not Katniss. And also because this is the s- section, so I, can, right. I don't want to use my prior knowledge uh, right. for, like, after the games. Um, but I think my MVP is going to go towards... Um, I guess I'm going to go towards Katniss. Yeah. <laughs> listen, you. Yeah, I'm an easy book to read. Um, K- Katniss... Uh, does a lot for the story, uh, in in a lot of ways. Not only main character pushing the plot forward, uh, but her character is what compels a lot of like the interesting parts in this. If you took a character such as, uh, I don't know, like Peta, if he was the main character, he a lot of he would be sort of a passive observer in what was happening around him, uh, not really thinking about too much strategy until the oh I'm gonna tell her that I like her uh, thing comes up. Everything that Katniss does feels in character and does a lot to make the plot interesting, such as shooting the apple out of the pig's mouth. That's not something that a lot of characters would do, uh, but it made for a very interesting and cool twist to, like, that whole scene of, like, oh, they're not paying attention to me, that is very much in character, and it's very cool.
1: I'll give you that one.
2: Just, like, my fa- one of my favorite characters is Hamish. Um, not, not quite yet. I feel like Catching Fire, we get, like, a little bit more from him. Um I'm going to say Senna just cuz he like recognizes Katniss like as a person. I mean, here is this like poor child from District 12, but to him, you know, she's a person he wants to make her look good. Um whether his, you know, motives are totally uh, you know, selfless or if he just wants to move up in the world, he he treats her with like respect and dignity and he wants to make sure that like you Know in the capital's eye, she is going to be this like this, like, sweetheart, and she's going to be this, like, oh. you, know, you know, tenacious, like, you know, Miss Americana type. I know mm-hmm. it's not America, but like, you know, she's she's going to be Pan
1: Am's sweetheart, right? And so, Senna, yeah. reasonable, reasonable. Um, I'm going to say PETA, but specifically because he knows how to play the game, he knows exactly kinda what to say, what like what's going on. Um and specifically the scene that he has where he's just like, Oh, do you want to go up on the on the roof? It's super pretty, but it is super windy. Darn. And mm-hmm. just because he's he knows that she she knows that they're being listened to. Mm-hmm. And it's like even before Katniss considered the fact that they're probably being listened to, she was like, That makes so much sense. Yep, let's go. Mm-hmm. So I'm gonna pick Peter.
0: That's fair. Peter is a very good character and choice, especially right now. He is entirely in this world of kind of just crap happening to everybody. Peter is trying his best to be nice to most people,
1: even though he is already like signed his death certificate. Like he know he's like, I'm not gonna make it out of here, and I'm going through it, but it'll mm-hmm. be fine. And and there's a little bit of hostility behind that. But also, I mean, he's
2: Such well a, aware. Like, when did he come to that realism? It was like as, as soon as his name was called, he's like, well. I think so. I've, I've had a good run. <laughs> I think
0: he probably had some doubts. I think the, probably the the nail in the coffin there was when his mom came and said, like, oh, maybe there's finally going to be a winner for District 12. She's she like, a fighter. She's a fighter. Imagine your mother <laughs> saying, <laughs> you'll be dead soon. Actually,
1: but that I, girl with you. <laughs>
0: She can might we, have a chance.
1: Can we make a blanket LVP of PETA's mom? Yeah, <laughs> she, actually, she really just is a pile of crap to her kid.
0: That's, that's. She's fair. like, I already have
1: two sons and they've made it to adulthood. So like die, I guess it's mm-hmm. fine. So I guess the odds weren't
2: in my favor, but you know. <laughs> Statistically speaking, like I have enough sons.
0: <laughs> Listen, two out of, th- they say that one out of three of your sons will die to the, to the bourgeoisie. And I just, I'm saying I'm doing pretty well so far. <laughs>
1: Oh no. <laughs> well stats happen. <laughs> well, that's all for this week's episode of the classroom. Thank you, Rachel, for being on here with us. Um of course you can always listen to us on u 92 dot com or of course ninety one point seven FM, Morgantown specifically at eleven AM um on Fridays. If you are currently listening to us on Friday at eleven a.m. On A. M. Uh, on you know, on U ninety two, uh then you are more than welcome to go over to any sort of podcasting platform out there and find us. Uh, just search up The Classroom with Brett and Howell, and boom, here we are. Um, is there anything else I need to say?
0: Um, uh, you can also uh, drop us a review on uh, any any place that's got that, uh, Spotify, uh, Apple Podcasts. Uh, it really helps us uh, helps us get the word out about our stuff. Uh, we'd really appreciate it if you do. Just go in there, write something nice about us. We appreciate it, even if it's not nice. Post that. It'll help us. Actually, uh, so if you
1: to... bully us, we will thank you on. <laughs> yeah.
0: Um. But yeah. Um. Next. Uh. Next time we will be writing. Uh. We will. Yeah.
1: We'll be writing. Actually, the rest of this book. Uh. <laughs> Suzanne Collins. No. 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 Brett Haley. Here we go. <laughs> um
0: next week we will be uh reading and talking about the uh second half of the first book um and then after that we'll be finishing the rest of the series so So,
1: yeehaw stick around thank you guys so much and we'll catch you soon bye